Morning, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Truth Defender podcast. We are the greatest country in the world, the great state of Texas, more specifically, deep in the heart of the Lone Star State, Dallas, Texas. Uh, I'm in for another episode. If you guys are catching us on YouTube and you aren't already a subscriber, please subscribe button for us as well as giving us and hitting that bell icon. If you really like what we do on the show and you want to go ahead and share that with somebody, uh, whether that be your spouse, loved one, friend, colleagues, uh, the show link down below with them as well. Um, if you guys are on the go and you want just on Spotify, Google, Apple Podcasts, as well as iHeartRadio, at Truth Defender Podcast. If you have any questions for myself or our guests, as well as recommendations, you can shoot us an email at thetruthdefender1776 at gmail.com. Our next guest is Mr. John Russell. Mr. Russell has been an internationally known psychic for almost half a century, working with clients around the world. He has also been a featured guest on many popular radio shows, uh, such as Coast to Coast, which we love. Um, recently, uh, he's also filmed a pilot for the History Channel in which he the assassination of President Abraham Lincoln. Uh, he's also been an avid motorcyclist for over 50 years, which is awesome. Uh, when he goes around the country on his motorcycle, John enjoys reading, painting, making, uh, gardening, target shooting. I also partake in those ways as well, and fancies himself a fair chess player. Further ado, Mr. John Russell, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Paul. I appreciate you having me on. Really looking forward to it. You know, Texas is my old stomping grounds. I grew up over in San Angelo in West Texas. Ah, okay. Yeah, so I'm, I'm so uh, that's okay. where I was born and raised. Um, but back in 2013, we made the trek out here. Uh, so that's where I've been ever since. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so it's no plans on ever leaving. So uh, I'll be here. I hear you. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we want to kind of get away um, in the short time that we have with you. But um, I see, taking a look at here. So you also have two books that you've written, right? Is that right? So that's uh, yeah, Writing with Ghosts the spirits of the dead and a knock in the attic true ghost stories and other spine chilling paranormal adventures right um and those both of those books actually have websites of their own but um you can also find those on uh your own website as well which is, uh, was at john russell.net john russell.net and the okay. books are also available you can get them at amazon barnes and noble books a million and a bunch of little mom and pop independent stores online as well Sure, sure. Okay, yeah. So we have all these. We we'll have all these uh, links down in the show notes for anybody that wants to pick them up and look at the websites. Um, you also offer your services on there as well um, for anybody right. that needs any kind of readings and such. Um, now you're gonna have to forgive me for not really kind of understanding what a medium and a psychic is, or, or, or but I mean, obviously, we've all heard the and medium um can you kind of maybe go over kind of the differences and what entails? well the i guess the most strict definition of psychic would be somebody that can give somebody a reading pick up on uh, what's going on in their lives predict their future for them so on and so forth so a psychic gift is tapping in to that regard and then by the other strict definition of medium would be someone that communicates with the departed and then you have, it became popular to say that you were a psychic medium, like John Edward, for example. He, I think, popularized psychic medium. And I have always, Paul, been a psychic and a medium and exercised several other spiritual gifts as well. I think people um, segregate things too much and kind of divide things off too much and put too many labels on things and try and separate things out too much. And when I was growing up, when I was learning my gift and uh, learning how to do these things, I just, I didn't put any limitations on myself. I studied everything there was to study. I studied, uh, you know, the, the psychic gift, the mediumship. Um, I studied uh, the Ouija board, crystals, uh, dowsing, <laughs> the pendulum, right. everything. And uh, it was just a matter of saying, okay, you know, 
the psychic gift has all these components to it. So you don't need to restrict yourself to just one thing or to call yourself a this or a that or whatever. It all comes under that umbrella. And, uh, you know, there's no reason to, to shut one thing off and say, well, I can't do that or can't pursue that or can't call myself that. You know, you can, you can open up and explore all of these avenues and some you're going to be better at than others, obviously, but there's no reason to, to not explore as many things as possible. Right. And, and I've always been kind of interested. Oh, I guess one figures out that they're sensitive. Like, mm-hmm. Do you just kind of realize one day that you're able to see things other people aren't and, and like own that talent? I mean, yeah. it's, there's obviously not that I'm aware of, but, but is there like a, like a school or is it like courses that, People, I don't know about well, back then, can, but now. Yeah, there are, um, there are some ways to study. Uh, the way that I studied when I became aware that I had my psychic gift uh, was I just, uh, I grabbed everything that I could read. You know, this is back before the internet, right? Because I'm 68 <laughs> years old now, so I've been around this game a while. But uh, this is back when I was, you know, 12 years old. I began to study every single thing that I could find, read everything that I could find, and uh, watch all the TV shows, all the specials that had psychics and things on them. And uh, it was my aim, my intent to train my gift and to get as good with it as I could to find out what worked and what didn't, because I knew there were a lot of things that did not work and there were some things that did. And I wanted to hone in on that, be as accurate as I could and so on and so forth. Um, one thing I did is, as far as formal training went, uh, I've always loved the tarot cards because I'm an artist as well. And I love the artwork on the tarot cards, but I do believe they have an inherent divinatory value in and of themselves. Um, and so I, I began to use tarot cards at a very early age. And there was an organization at the time called Tarot International, and they offered the certification of certified tarot master, which I attained. And, uh, back then. Uh, there, there wasn't anything like now where you pay money and you get something automatically or, or that type of thing. Uh, back then, the way this worked was you had to study the tarot and they had this extensive course and they had these written tests that you had to take along the way and prove that you were uh, acquiring this knowledge of the tarot, of the history of the tarot, of what the cards meant, the major and minor arcana all the cards in the major and minor arcana, what their meanings were, and uh, the various uh, unique ways that they had of reading the cards and assigning meanings to some things. And then on top of that, uh, you had to do like, I can't remember if it was like three or five readings, but you had to do actual readings with people that would agree to evaluate your reading, to sign their names to the reading. They had actual forms that you filled out and sent in with these readings. And the people had to be willing to um, to sign their real names and to evaluate your reading as to how good it was or wasn't. And so they evaluated you and tested you not only on the material they presented and your ability to absorb that and use that, but to translate that into real world readings and to see how accurate it were and how good you were with that based on the client feedback that you got then. And so that was when I got uh, uh, got that degree certified tarot master. And uh, that was really the only formal thing that I did. The, the uh, balance of it was just going to the other side and to the spirits, the, the, the guardians, the guides and everything that had given me these gifts and enabled these gifts and just ask them to train me and to show me things and to point me in the right direction. And then, like I say, with that, I read everything in the world I could get my hands on about religion, psychology, parapsychology, the psychic realm, the paranormal realm, everything I could find. And uh, just a lot of intensive study. And I still do all these years later. You don't ever master anything and there's always room to learn. Yeah, I bet it's, it's always something new. Yeah. Um, it, it'd be, I guess back back then, it have been like a lot harder and easier in a sense to get that kind of training because obviously there's no internet and stuff like that, you know, like you mentioned, but um, people were probably more willing to help out. I mean, 
I would think nowadays that it wouldn't be that way, you know, like for some advice or something. And because the internet is so prevalent nowadays and there's always people reaching out to them as well, they just kind of ignore you in a way. Well, I don't really have time. Right. Um, right. I would, but I would think before they would be more willing to help. Well, not only the, the time constraints, but ego. Yeah. You, know, yeah. You, you have to, <laughs> you have to deal with people's oh, yeah. egos and they're convinced that they have the only right way to do things or the only truth or the only insight or whatever. And uh, there's, there's a lot of ego competition, I think out there in this, because, you know, I used to back in the day, um, you had writers and you had artists and you had psychics and you had musicians and, and whatever. Nowadays, everybody is an artist or a psychic or a musician or a this or that or whatever. And, and it's really frustrating because there's this plethora of nonsense out there because everybody thinks that if they get a deck of tarot cards and read the little booklet that comes with it, now I'm a psychic, I can give readings, you know, and it's, it's not that easy, it's not that way. So you have the clutter out there because, uh, you know, like back in the day you had uh, music companies would take a musician and they would pour all their energy and advertising and money and effort into promoting this, mu this musician that really had talent, could sing on key without auto-tune, you know, could actually play their instruments well. And now everybody's a musician. Everybody's on YouTube doing something. And, you know, there's a, a lot of people out there that just don't have the talent or the ability for that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the same way in the psychic realm. It's the same way everywhere. So you've got all this clutter out there to dig through with everything. And then, uh, amazingly enough, it's not just the people that are quote unquote famous that have ego. A lot of these people that just really don't know what they're doing have ego because they're just super aggressive in their attitude and they think they're really somebody and I've got the answers and I know how this is done and blah, blah, blah. So it's, it's a little difficult thing. Yeah, you're right. It was, it was a little bit easier back in the day. People still had ego then, of course, to deal with, but I think now with the prevalence of the internet, YouTube, everybody can be on YouTube, everybody can be on Instagram and all these other things and have all their own videos, their own websites and all this stuff. I think it's, uh, you know, a, a lot more prevalent that the egos are more, more out there. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, especially as there's a whole lot of like, what can you do for me before I help you out first, which right, I right. a podcast, having a podcast that, that comes up a lot, which unfortunately, yeah. but, um, yeah. but yeah, I, I mean, we, things happen for a reason so it's it's right. all good but i mean so being a, a medium like kinds of ways i mean do some people like maybe it's do other people just hear do other people just kind of feel them or kind of come into one or how does that work for you well for me it, it all works together there's there's sometimes that i see them physically with my physical eyes there's other times i see them with my my inner inner vision. Uh, there's sometimes I hear them audibly with my physical ears and other times it's an internal hearing, that type of thing. So I think a lot of times it depends on the ability of the communicator on the other side as to how you perceive them. And I think that it depends on the ability of the psychic or the medium that's receiving the information. And I think also the conditions that are involved. I always tell people that, um, you know, I, I had a, a friend back when I was growing up in, uh, in West Texas, and uh, he was a ham radio operator, and so, or shortwave radio operator. And, mm -hmm. and on a good night in West Texas, he could talk to somebody in England or Australia and have a 10, 15, 20 minute conversation just as clear as a bell, sounded like they were in the same room. The next night, he couldn't reach across town, you know? And I think it's the same way with conditions on the other side. Sometimes the other side can come through very, very clearly. Uh, and other times they have difficulty getting through, but uh, some people seem to uh, receive only one way. Like some people may just 
see things in their, their mind's eye and that's all they get. They don't ever get anything auditory or anything like that. Um, and I don't know if that has to do with ability or if it has to do with lack of training. Maybe they just haven't tried to receive other methods or other ways. Right. Uh, and of course, it's it's difficult to do because it's not something that you achieve very quickly. This is something I've dedicated my entire life to. And uh, it's it's something that I think most people either don't know how or aren't willing to sit down and to invest the hours that it takes every day um, to do that, to train themselves. That's more likely. I mean, it's we're like we live in the age now where we 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 consume information so quickly. We want that like thirty second right clip, yeah. twenty second clip. We don't want to be sitting down for more than ten fifteen minutes. Exactly. Um, it's it's. It's one of like the the harder parts of you know maybe doing like a show like like a long form. You trying to pull people in, but they once they get past like that first minute and they realize that, that they don't want to be here. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so it's like I can understand like in my day job, there's a lot of things that I have to be studying on my own, and I just don't want to. If it's not something that I can now and like give me the information now, like I have right. to take a call. The hours long, and I'm dreading doing that. So it's, but yeah, a lot has changed from the old days. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's one rough. of the things that comes about, and, and this affects the paranormal realm, the psychic realm, is uh, I remember when I went to school, when I was in elementary school, they taught reading comprehension. Mm -hmm. So you had to read a story, and then you had to tell what the author was saying in that story. Did you comprehend what the author was conveying, what he got across, and so on and so forth? And it astonishes me now that people can read something, they don't understand it, they hear something, they misconstrue it, misinterpret it. And a lot of that happens in the psychic and the paranormal realm as well. Uh, people will, uh, will misinterpret things. Um, an example of that, I'll give you two funny examples. One from a reading and then one from a paranormal investigation that I did. And uh, in, the, uh, in the reading I did, I told this woman, I said, uh, man, I said, there's, there's been a lot of disharmony in your home lately. Mm. And she said, oh, no, no, that's not right. She said, my dishes are washed every day. My beds are made, <laughs> my house is clean. <laughs> and so, but boy, my husband has been a bear lately. And so her, you know, interpretation of disharmony was clutter in the home. Instead of understanding it as, well, yeah, your husband's been a bear lately. There's disharmony in law. Right. So a lot of times in readings, you have to clarify things like really, really simply and, and over and over again for people to get them sometimes. And uh, then the, uh, you know, the other uh, misinterpretation that came about that, that was kind of funny was when I was doing the paranormal investigation, uh, this lady came to me and she said, I, I have to talk to you when you've got a break in the filming. I have to tell you about this ghost tried to kill me. I said, no ghost tried to kill you. She said, yeah, yeah, this ghost tried to kill me. And I was like, okay, whatever. So we'll get the break in the filming. And uh, I take her into a, a room where we can talk privately. And she said, I was in my kitchen and the cupboard door opened by itself. And this dish flew off the shelf, flew clear across the room, hit the wall beside me shattered into a jillion pieces and, and fell to the floor. This ghost tried to kill me. I said, the ghost wasn't trying to kill you. I said, if the ghost was trying to kill you, you'd, you'd be dead. I said, what happened was, and, and what I perceived, and I told her this, I said, look, I perceived that the other side has been trying to get close to you and give you information, guide you, help you develop your intuition. And there are some things that you need to know that they want to communicate with you directly. And this is an ongoing process that you need in your life. And you haven't been receptive to this. You've been ignoring this. And so finally, it's like, they're so frustrated that it's like, okay, ignore this. <laughs> you can't ignore this happening. And of course, she misinterpreted it as something dangerous, which it wasn't. But that's the other thing that we face in, in comprehension in the paranormal realm is something will happen and our knee-jerk response is it's satanic, it's demonic, it's dangerous, it's evil, it's going to harm me or whatever. And that's our knee-jerk response. That comes usually from our upbringing, and it's usually from our religious upbringing. So, like, for example, in Christianity and the Bible, the Bible is full of supernatural stuff, but it's got the stamp of approval of the Bible, right? So anything outside of that, though, 
the default position for people is it's got to be demonic or evil or satanic or dangerous or whatever. And so there becomes that misconception. And uh, it's, it's really great that over the years as I've done readings for people, counsel of people, and now with my books, uh, people are telling me that, you know, hey, thank you for opening my eyes to the fact that the other side isn't this big, scary, dangerous thing, that there are, are very positive experiences there and helpful things and helpful guidance there and protection there. And thank you for opening my eyes to that. So that's what I've always tried to do for people. Right. It, it, so it would seem to me like, is it something that could be switched? And can you, is there like certain times where you're more open or certain times where you can shut it down? Cause I, I would, I would think that I've always wondered like if it's something that's just on a little, mm -hmm. they like bug you while you're sleeping at night or, or, you know, stuff oh, they like, do, yeah, yeah, <laughs> they yeah. Do. yeah, this, this, my gift works. It runs 24 hours a day. It never shuts off ever since I was a kid and, and became aware that I had it when I was about six. It runs 24 hours a day, never shuts down. Um, there are times that I will defocus to pay more attention to something else. But if they really, really, really need to get through to me for something, they can, they can bring my attention back to them. They can bring my focus back to them. But it's always on. And yeah, they do disturb me at night sometimes. They do. Uh, need to communicate or want to communicate at night or whatever and uh, will will sometimes wake me up for that purpose or sometimes wake me up just making noise you know <laughs> moving things in the house or making noises in the house turning radios on or off or something like that so that does happen so uh, but it's it's always on it's always there and are they sure that you're someone they can speak to like are they attracted you somehow or like yeah are they just or do they just find that you're the only one that pays attention to them and they're just well there? no i've always <laughs> I, i've always been a portal and a magnet for paranormal experiences and for psychic experiences and for those on the other side and uh, wherever i go i always activate whatever presences or spirits might be there anyways uh to a higher state of being a higher state of, of manifestation and I always tell people, I say, you know, people are always, oh, I'd, I'd love to experience that. And I said, be careful what you ask for, because if you hang around with me, you're going to have some of these experiences. And most of the time, people that say they want it and they're ready for it, it scares them to death. In <laughs> fact, they're, they're out of there. Like I, I had uh, this, uh, this one friend of mine, and uh, I was showing him something that, that I could do. And I learned this when I was a teenager. And I had a friend over and we were fixing to go out and run around and uh, I was getting ready and I had my little transistor radio on, little plug-in radio uh, in my room there. We were listening to music as, as I was getting ready to go with him. And I walked in front of the radio and it went off the air and I moved and it came back on. And then I walked in front of it and went off the air and he goes, what are you doing? And I said, well, doesn't that happen to everybody? And he's like, no. And I said, well, you come here and stand where I stood. He stood where I stood. The radio kept playing. He moved over and I stood there and the radio went off. So I discovered that sometimes I have that ability to block these signals. So years later, you know, now I'm in my, my 30s or whatever, almost approaching 40. And uh, this friend of mine came in the house and I had the radio playing. And I said, hey, watch this. And I went and stood in front of the radio and it went off the air. And I moved and it came back on. And uh, this uh, this friend I was staying with at the time I'd sold my house was staying with a buddy of mine. And there was shag carpet in this the, the bedroom. And so I said, go put your feet right where I stood and see what happens. And he stood there and the radio kept playing. And I moved, he moved, and I went back and the radio went off the air. And my friend ran out of the house, literally ran out of the house. He was so freaked out by it. <laughs> so it's yeah. like... Be careful what you ask for. You might get it, you know. Yeah, and and so so like was the transition into like hunting and such was that like an obvious thing, or did you didn't have any kind of interest in that prior, or how did that? Work? No, it was it was always an interest to me, and that was because the uh, the physical paranormal manifestations began in my life when I was a child. And, uh, and these were things, I mean, they occurred on the physical realm and a lot of other people witnessed them and experienced them as well. These weren't things that I daydreamed or 
dreamed or meditated or envisioned or hallucinated. They were actual physical manifestations. And to date, I've had well over a thousand. And a lot of times we've filmed them. We've got them on audio. We've got them in, in video. We've got them in photographs and things. Other people have seen them and experienced them. But it was something that fascinated me because I wanted to find out who on the other side was producing this and what the communication meant, what it was, and you know how much I could learn from that. And from there, the, uh, the logical progression then was to do the paranormal investigation. When somebody said, oh, I have this happening or that happening or whatever, I wanted to go and, and examine it and see if it was real, number one, and uh, then try and figure out who was there, who was communicating, what the purpose was. And that should be the goal of all paranormal communications, really, Paul, is that you know, people go and they put out a REM pod or they do some EVP or they do this, do that, and they capture something, evidence of something, but that's all they've done. They don't know who's manifesting it. They don't know why they're manifesting it. They don't know what they're trying to communicate. And that should be the real goal of all paranormal investigation, uh, which takes either good psychic, good medium, or whatever, somebody to communicate with those spirits and say, okay, why are you here? What are you communicating? What's the purpose? What can we do for you? What can you do for us? What's what's the interaction? Right. And so, I mean, obviously, you've getting you've been taken all over the country with your work. Now, did do you specifically, I guess, go on rides to investigate ghosts, or were most of those just you were on rides anyways, and you just might as well show up and investigate, like right there. Well, with my with my motorcycle, these paranormal occurrences that I wrote my first book about, those happened all of a sudden in this really strange abundance while I was riding my motorcycle, and uh, they were specific to most of those those trips that I took wherever they were, and so I had to collect those and, and put them together in a book because they were so compelling. But uh, I have uh, I've done both. I've I've deliberately gone places to investigate specific locales and many times have been requested to come to a place to investigate it specifically. Uh, and then other times it's just wherever I'm at, something pops up and it's like, oh, okay, let's see what's going on here. So a little bit of both actually. Yeah. It's, so it's, it would kind of be, I guess, a blessing and a curse in a way. Um, obviously you might've come across things that you wish you hadn't seen. Um, but is is it more, I guess, on the tragic side, or do you get a lot of happy stories, happy endings, or that whole kind I of think breakdown? Mostly, uh, mostly positive communications. But there are things, of course, that I pick up that are on the tragic side, uh, because you know we we live in a difficult world, and, and horrible things happen. You know, we have murders, and we have you know, the terrible accidents and all these types of things. And so, of course, that's communicated to me. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's just people on the other side wanting you to know their story, wanting you to know what happened and kind of achieve, I guess, some closure for themselves that way. And then other times there are horrific incidents that are so terrible that they leave a, an imprint in the atmosphere and just kind of replay there over and over again and you can can pick those up because they were so horrific so there's a, a wide variety of things here like that how would i guess maybe you show up to a place uh, and a spirit on the other side comes to you and you know sorry and things like that like does that just kind of end up with you and how would you be able to track down i guess relatives or even you know stuff like right. is, is that kind of a weird thing well sometimes <laughs> i am able to and a lot of times um, I'll, I'll give you one example that i write about in my second book a knock in the attic uh there was a uh, haunted horse barn that people wanted me to come and investigate and the people that uh, were there the stable masters and everything were conversant with the history of the area and knew enough of the history of the area that when I picked up on things, they could validate them. So I got names from the past that they were able to validate. I got uh, things that occurred from the past on that land and, and in that stable that they were able to validate. And so that's my preference is uh, trying to have 
you know, family or people there that can validate things or that we can pass things on to and make some sense out of things uh, rather than just me getting the story by myself. Uh, but sometimes I do. Sometimes spirits just come to me and it's just communication for me. But then again, other times, like with the, the first book, Writing the Ghost Angels and the Spirits of the Dead, uh, I knew I had to take those experiences and those communications and not keep them for myself, but to make them available to a wider audience because I learned a lot of things from them and I wanted other people to, to enjoy the experience, to learn what they could from it. And I wanted to disseminate that knowledge out there for everybody. So that's, that's always kind of been a, a desire of mine is not to keep things to myself, but to find ways to disseminate it somehow. And now that I've written these two books and I'm writing a, a third now, uh, that's been a real joy of mine is to be able to get these experiences out there for people and they can say, okay, you know, I'm learning something from this. It's not only entertaining, but I'm really getting some good information here. I'm really learning something that I can apply. Yeah, it would it would be kind of rough for me to say, like, I go on vacation or something and I don't know, I don't know anybody. And then somebody, a spirit comes to you and asks for help and you're just like, well, I don't like I don't know this area. I don't know how to help you out. That would just kind of sit, sit. With and I mean, I, do you have like stories like that where you just there was just no way to help sit with them forever? No, it's uh, it's it's always been possible for me to find some way to help a spirit to closure of some type yeah. or some type of meaningful communication or interaction or whatever, and. Um, I have to say here that I've never really, I don't buy the theory. You know, you hear people say that uh, spirits are earthbound or that they haven't mm -hmm. crossed over to the other side or they need to be sent to the light or whatever. And I don't buy that. For one thing, if you are dead, if you're out of your physical body, you know it. You're on the other side. You've crossed over. You're there. So you don't have to be sent there. You're there. And as far as spirits being earthbound or whatever, you know, we have to remember that as a person crosses over, they're retaining their memory, their personality, their will, their volition, their aims, their focus, their belief systems, and so on and so forth. So they're going to continue to make decisions as to, well, you know, I'm going to hang around the old farm here for a while, or I'm going to hang around my daughter's house and watch over her and try and protect her and, and communicate that I'm still here or whatever. So it's not an earthbound situation. It's that person making a decision to be someplace and, you know, however long they're going to hang around there. Now, we see sometimes some stories, you know, playing out supposedly where, you know, the spirit of that spirit is believes they're trapped there or this or that or whatever. And I'm, I'm not real sure about that. I'm, I'm not really uh, too keen on that for the simple reason that for one thing, we don't close portals, we don't dismiss spirits, we don't send spirits away. That's a fallacy, it doesn't happen. Uh, and I've got a lot of evidence for that. And the, uh, I think that a lot of times the spirits on the other side are either messing with us or we're misinterpreting what's happening or whatever, I don't know. But all I know is that there are like, for an example, I was on a podcast the other day, and the host and I were talking about uh, what is it, the Queen Mary that's so haunted right mm -hmm. out in uh, in California. Mm -hmm. And the uh, there's supposed to be this little girl by the pool, this little ghost girl by the pool on the ship or whatever. And we were laughing about however many paranormal investigators go there. They always encounter this little girl, and they always send her to the light. They always send her to the other side. But yet every new group that comes along encounters the same little girl, you know, so maybe somebody on the other side has his sense of humor and gets a kick out of, you know, messing with us or whatever. Or, or maybe it's just, hey, this is my 15 minutes of fame again. I'm getting to show up and, and, you know, interact with the ghost hunters again or whatever. So I think there's a lot of that that goes on. And uh, as, as far as closing portals or anything like that. Uh, I, I won't mention names here, but there was a, a, a very, very famous paranormal investigator and writer uh, who is uh, on the other side now. And uh, this person knew everything about everything, supposedly. And a, uh, 
a friend of ours who was a, uh, a psychic uh, teamed up with this person and together they investigated this case in New York where they went and supposedly got rid of all the spiritual activity, closed the portals, assured the people nothing was going to happen again and so on and so forth. Now, the neat thing was I found this book that was written by the people that owned that house that were experiencing these things. And they detailed how they came in and what they did and how they supposedly closed these portals, sent the spirits to the light and blah, blah, blah. And not only did they not close the portals and get rid of the spirits, the activity actually intensified. And that was according to the owners of the house. So most of the time, I have never known of any successful quote unquote exorcism or portal closing or anything like that. I've never known of that uh, ever. Uh, nine times out of 10, if it does anything at all, it, it makes the activity worse. Mm -hmm. And so my advice to all the people that, that are experiencing anything or a little confused about what to do, I tell them, I say, look, make friends with the spirits, you know, treat them with respect, treat them with kindness, ask them what they want. Uh, like this one lady, I'll give you a, a funny example. Uh, she had, uh, when Sylvia Brown was still alive, she had heard Sylvia say on the Montel show that uh, if you wanted a ghost, ask for one and you could have a ghost. And this lady said, oh, that sounds like fun. So she asked for a ghost. This ghost showed up that was very, very demonstrative, uh, moved things and made noises and did all kinds of stuff and it scared her to death. And so she moved to get away from the ghost. The ghost followed her. And the ghost began to set off where she lived in this new neighborhood, cars were parked up and down the street, and the ghost would set off all the car alarms sequentially on all the cars up one side of the street and down the other. And so the neighbors called the police on this woman after she moved in because this had never happened before. Now this woman moves in and this starts happening. So they said, well, she's got to be doing it. She's got to be involved somehow. So they actually call the police on her. Now she's telling me this. She had become my client. I'm doing this reading for her. And she's telling me this. So she said, John, she said, the police are standing on my doorstep talking with me and all the car alarms start going off sequentially up one side of the street and down the other. And the police looked at me, they looked at each other, shook their heads and said, well, we don't know what the hell is going on, but it's obviously not you. We're out of here. So uh, she said, what do I do? I said, well, look, I said, you asked for the spirit to come into your life and it did. And then you refused to have anything to do with it and abandoned it and tried to move away from it. And that upset it and it followed you. And it's like, okay, I'm going to do some mischief now, you know, with the car alarms and everything here. And I said, look, talk to the spirit and say, I asked for you to come and you did. And then I didn't want anything to do with you. And I tried to run away from you and abandon you. And I'm sorry. And I do want you to be here with me, but don't scare me. Let me get used to you. Let me get used to this. It's a new territory for me. And I said, treat the spirit with respect like that. Talk to it like that and make friends with it and say, listen, uh, defend me in the house. Show me if anything's going wrong in the house. Or like, if I have to leave, go somewhere, run an errand, go to work or whatever, and you're not coming with me, if you stay here in the home, guard and protect the home and watch over the home so that nothing happens to it. And I said, do that. And I'll wager that you become... Uh, you know, comfortable with the spirit. And I'll wager also that the, the severity of the manifestations slow down, kind of temper off a little bit because it's not having to compete for your attention now or, you know, kind of punish you for running away and leaving it. Right. And I said, do that. And, you know, call me back in a few weeks or so. And if that doesn't work, there's other things we can do, but that should, that should work. And it did. And she became comfortable with having the spirit there and the spirit then uh, begin to, uh, you know, do some helpful things for her. And uh, that's one of the things I, I tell people that in listening to this guidance from the other side or experiencing this guidance from the other side, I've had my life literally saved many times by the spirits on the other side. And so if we respect that energy, respect those beings and pay attention and ask them for that help, uh, they'll communicate that to us. They'll help us around the house. They'll save our lives. They'll, they'll do all kinds of neat things for us. But that's what we have to learn. That's what we have to come to. In, in your experience, have you ever run into, I guess, what people would call demons or stuff? stuff? Do, 
Do you come across that at all? No, I, no. I haven't. Uh, I'm not saying that there is not negative energies out there. Certainly there is. But I have never run into the Hollywood version of the demons, you know, the exorcist, anything like that. Right. Um, I get pretty perturbed with people that are demonologists, quote unquote, because if you make the assumption that there's a demon, that being must of necessity be wilier, more powerful and smarter and more clever than you are and able to uh, manipulate and manifest things that you can't. So why would it subject itself to you, number one? Why would it tell you the truth if it was a liar? <laughs> you know, why would why would it tell you anything that was truthful if you make the assumption that demons are liars and deceivers? Why why would you believe anything that it told you? So I have problems with people that do that. And then you know, there's people that find a demon behind every bush. Uh, everything that happens has to be demonic or evil or threatening or whatever. And it's just I have not experienced that. Again, I'm not saying that all energy is positive out there, but I've had over a thousand physical manifestations in my life. I've read professionally for over 50 years. I've done paranormal investigations since the age of 12. And I have never run into anything that frightened me, scared me, upset me, threatened me, uh, you know, that I couldn't sleep at night or, or anything else. Um, and again, I think a lot of what happens when people interact with things, uh, they may not realize the extreme power that some of these entities can manifest from the other side. And so we owe them that respect, number one. And then, you know, I, I hate these so-called paranormal investigators and ghost hunters that they go on a scene and the first thing they do is curse the ghost and challenge the ghost and all this and that. That's extremely disrespectful. And, um, and then when the ghost does something in response, they scream and cry like little girls, some of them, and run which is really stupid. It's like, that's why you're there is to experience this. But, you know, we have to go into it in a respectful way and realize that, that these entities do have a tremendous amount of power. We also have to understand that you may encounter beings that are not humans. They, they may be angels. They may be nature spirits. They may be some type of entity or spirit that we don't even know what is or know how to define. And so they're not going to be human-minded like we are, we view things from a human perspective. They have their own perspectives and their own motivations and their own things. It doesn't mean they can't understand us or communicate with us or respect us or whatever, but it's just that their motivations are different. Right. So we have to understand that going into uh, to things too. And then again, realizing that, um, you know, something may happen to a person that's investigating something that frightens them because they don't understand what they're getting into and they don't understand that maybe that's the way that particular spirit communicates or manifests or whatever. And there may not be anything dangerous or evil or whatever about it. It just may be the way that, that person manifests. And it's like, I, I tell people about my little dog, my little dog who I love dearly loves me and we communicate. And he is so smart that we had to stop saying certain words in front of him as most people do with their dog to keep him from getting too excited because it wasn't time for a ride or whatever. So, and then we started spelling things out. Well, the little dog is so smart that now he's learned the words that we're spelling. He can understand when we spell a word and he knows what that word is and he gets all excited and reacts to it and everything. So yeah. here's an example of a species that's completely different from me, but we're communicating. He understands me. I understand him, but he still is not human minded. He still has his dog things he wants to do. And when we go outside to exercise or play or whatever, he has certain focuses and things that mean something to him that just, you know, leave me baffled, but it makes perfect sense to him. So that's an analogy that I use to tell people, look, when you encounter these spirit uh, beings that are nature spirits or some other type of spirit, this and the other, they may have, uh, motives, uh, actions, reactions, and things that you're not quite familiar with that may not make sense to you and may frighten you if, you know, you're asking for some intense experience or whatever, and you get it, then you might not be prepared for it. Or if you go in someplace blindly and just think, okay, here I am, I've got my REM pod, I've got my recorder, I'm going to get some EVP, and all of a sudden this powerful physical manifestation occurs, 
that may be more than you bargained for and you out of fright may attribute it to something negative or evil or whatever when it's actually not. Right. And I think that like, you know, on Skinwalker Ranch, uh, they're getting a lot of manifestations there. And I think that some of this, I, I tweeted Brandon Fugel, the owner of the ranch. I told him, I said, you know, you've got some, some bad neighborhoods on the ranch, you know, just like here in your town, my town, there's neighborhoods you don't go into, right? And there are neighborhoods there that you have to approach with extreme caution and be very respectful of the beings and the entities there because they're more powerful than you are and they don't have to acquiesce to anything that you want them to do. And they may not welcome your intrusion there. And then you've got good neighborhoods on the ranch where you can get away with a little bit more or whatever than this and the others. So I think it's that way in all the spiritual realm. We kind of have to learn where we're welcome, where we're not. And, uh, and treat things accordingly. It's interesting that you mentioned, you know, ways that spirits are able to communicate. So I, I guess what we would call poltergeist, would that be like one way that they'd only be able to communicate? Just, you know, trying to get your attention by moving things right. and such. And for a lot of people, obviously they'd be crapping their pants, but that's right. just how you know they that's just how they communicate exactly right yeah, yeah. and and it's like with me <clears throat> excuse me you know like i said i have these i've had over a thousand of these experiences and they still continue they happen almost daily with me and um the other day i was sitting here and i had a, a stack of quarters that was evenly stacked on my desk and i was as i was sitting there doing something the uh one quarter slipped off and and fell to the desk and I said, hi guys. And, and then another quarter slipped off and landed exactly perfectly on top of that. Like you just picked it up and placed it there. And then I swiveled over to my other desk where I'm at now on the, on the microphone here. And from behind me, I hear clink and another quarter had pushed off the top of the pile and landed exactly perfectly on the, the little stack that was developing. And for that to have happened, the spirits had to do that because when I when I bent the stack of quarters over to where they were leaning at an angle, I had to pound on the disc with my fist several times to to even make one move or fall off or make the stack fall or whatever. And so some people, like you say, that would scare to death. To me, it's just the guys are here. They want me to know they're around. They're watching over me. And, and thank you, guys. Thank you for letting me know that, that you're here. So I think that's a lot of the... Um, the mindset that we need to develop when we have a paranormal experience is okay. You're letting me know that you're here, you know, and, and what's your purpose. And maybe sometimes it's just to say, Hey, we're here and that's it. You know, uh, not every communication with the other side has to be this huge, dramatic, uh, mind blowing, you know, the shattering revelation. It can just be, Hey, we're here. We're around. Just want you to know we're here. And it's like us, you know, we, we stop at a bus stop. And sitting there on the bench, some other guy comes, sits down. Hey, how are you today? Oh, good. Did you see the game last night? Yeah. Can you believe that pitch? Yeah. Oh, well, here's the bus. And it's just connecting with another human being a little bit. Nothing earth shattering, no big revelation, just that human to human connection that we need. And maybe on the other side, they're the same way. Maybe they just need that connection every now and then, that energy flow. And to say, you know, hey, I'm here. Just want you to know I'm here and just have a little interaction with you. And sometimes it can be as simple as that. Yeah. That's it's definitely. I I never that way, you know. It's not maybe it's just not that they're trying to scare you. It's just that's the only way they you know they can get across to you and right. You know, for for us that have never experienced anything like that, I mean, I think I've had some instances when I was younger. And obviously, they say that when kids are younger, they they're more sensitive and as they get older yep. that but um i had a few instances when i was younger um in this, around the same time and, and mm -hmm. then after that i just never saw anything ever again but yeah i guess so when people come to you is it more of like a dad or my mom or somebody died and we want to get in contact with them or what is like the more, I guess, communication that you get from people wanting yeah. your services? Well, it's, it's everything. It's like, you know, health, career, 
you know, love life, romance, uh, people on the other side, uh, you know, just, just about every situation you can imagine. Uh, the funniest thing, though, Paul, is that uh, when 911 happened, I expected to get all these calls, you know, is this the end of the world, you know, is this it or whatever, and nothing. It was business as usual, you know, it's like, is, is my boyfriend cheating? Am I going to get this job? How is my health? It was just business as usual. And it kind of astonished me. It really did. I was like, I was expecting all these people to say, hey, is this it? Is, is this the end of the world? And, uh, you know, then COVID came along and now the war in Ukraine and everything. And, and I'm still waiting for those, hey, is it the end of the world calls? And they just don't come. They just, it's still pretty much business as usual. Every now and then somebody will ask, about my insights about, you know, the war, about Putin or this, that, and the other, or what I perceive psychically about COVID or whatever. But for the most part, it's, it's just maintain business as usual. Yeah, and that was one of the other things that I was going to ask you do, is if if certain world events trip more than others, you know, like you mentioned 9-11, you were waiting, but nothing happened, mm-hmm. and the war and all this stuff. Like, did, have you... I mean, obviously you gave some responses there, but is, has there been other, I guess, kind of world events that have triggered more from people or is it just not like really a big deal? It seems like it's not really a big deal. It's, it's kind of strange. Um, and I don't know, maybe it's just me. Maybe other psychics get those kinds of calls. I don't know, but, uh, but I never really have. And, uh, I, I think that, when people call me, they're not so much concerned about out there as they are me. You know, mm-hmm. uh, my health and my issues and, and my family and my job and my career needs and everything else. And so it's uh, it's not that they're not aware of what's going on or concerned about what's going on out there. But, you know, we have to take care of ourselves, you know, and, and I think people realize well, yeah, the war in Ukraine's happening. What can I do about it? Nothing. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, I can tend to my needs of uh, my job or my health or my life or whatever in, in this regard. So I can focus on that and do something, uh, you know, concrete there, do something positive there. Yeah, unless you can pick up a rifle, you can't do it. That's it. <laughs> so That's it. Sit back and relax because. Yep, sit be back and say prayers, man. It's like. Yeah, there's nothing much you can do about it. It's no. yeah, I mean, it's it seems that obviously since COVID started, there's been a lot of crazy stuff happening. Yeah, you know, hopefully we're kind of on the back end of all that kind of leveling out. But it doesn't seem like it. It seems like things are getting hot, like hyper. You know, that everything's just starting to get worse and worse. But I, I hope I'm wrong. But yeah. Um, yeah. And and it's you know I speak to more of like the the reason I asked that question was so in 2000 when 9/11 happened um, I was what was I called high school I think at, mm-hmm. at the time um, so my dad died in 1998 and then one year almost to the exact day my mom died oh, um, wow. so like kind of time so at that time obviously there was a lot happening a couple years later 9-11 happened and i was kind of in the same boat like it was i had other family members that had always spoke they saw my mom in a dream or they saw my grandpa dream and things like that um the same year that my mom died i think it was i went to live with my grandmother (laughs) at the time and I remember getting home very late at night one time, the front door to a giant window that would look into the living room. Uh, the curtains were open, things like that. So I was, it was about two in the morning and I stick the key in the keyhole and I look into the window just to kind of see like if that, right. and I see my grandfather's recliner, which, and it was reclined. It was, it was spread out. Yeah. And I, thought that I had seen him sit like he always was. And I was just yeah. like, what the heck? And I walked in the, there was like a little gap in between the door mm-hmm. and the living room. And in that split second that I walked past it and I looked back into the living room, he was gone. Yeah. Um, but the, 
still spread out like if somebody was there. Right. And this was one of those recliners that once you got up, it would. It... Mm -hmm. So I remember looking at the chair and like, what the heck? And uh, <laughs> I, I ran into my grandmother and I like I let her know what happened. And she was like an older, like Hispanic lady, like very religious. Right. Um, and she woke up and she was like, oh, yeah, like, like, yeah. Like she knew all along, you know, that he was there. Um, and I was just like, what do you mean? Like, like, this was like a big deal. And she was like, yeah, go to sleep. And I was like, what the heck? <laughs> it was like a, like a weird <laughs> thing. Kind of freaked out a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a weird, like, it was, and that's the only time that I ever saw, like, any one of them. Like, I've still yet, I've still yet to dream about my, yeah. in any way. My wife, when my son was born, she had a dream about my mom that she was wow. sitting with her and they were talking like when right before my son was born and like they were kind of talking about things and and that was like shortly after i think like a few months my son she's had a few dreams where she's seen my mom and my grandfather and like mm -hmm. they all hung out and talked and i was like why can i see that i guess it's because i've to see it like it doesn't happen for you i guess Exactly. Yeah, you, can, you can get too tense about it and, yeah. and you know try and try and force it and it doesn't happen and uh, i think you have to you know relax more mm. and there are some things you can do some um, uh, techniques that you can use to facilitate more of an awareness or more of a receptivity to the other side uh, you know some meditation can help and a lot of times if you just when you go to bed at night uh, before you fall asleep, when you it's quiet, the TV's off, the house is quiet, everybody's fixing to go to sleep. And be, right before you go to sleep, you can just tell yourself and and also reach out to the other side and say, you know, uh, Grandpa, if you're if you're there and you can visit me tonight in my dreams, I'd like that. And uh, and then ask, say, you know, help me to remember my dreams when I wake up in the morning, especially if I get a visitation. And then just relax and go off to sleep. And and like you say, you know, don't have such a strong expectation that it makes you tense. Don't feel like I have to get this visitation tonight. You know, uh, that, that makes you too tense. And the key to receptivity is, is relaxation and, you know, being open and receptive and just be receptive to whatever happens. You can ask for those specific things and ask for specific visitations, but, uh, you know, be receptive to whatever comes and then that may open the door to more and it may eventually open the door to those uh, specific visitations that you want right yeah it was, it was kind of a weird i guess early on i had always wanted to happen mm -hmm. not so much when my grandfather died um, but obviously afterwards when my mom died it was it was kind of more like like i wanted to see um, right. at the time i was like 13 14 years old so i didn't kind of understand like the whole thing yet but um yeah, it's it was definitely a weird thing. It's or odd that my wife, well, like all these years later, I mean, this was about my son is eight now. So just right before he was born, like 2013 or so, right before then, 2013 was when my, my wife, um, or still, but she had never seen my mom, like in pictures, mm -hmm. never seen my grandfather ever. She didn't know them. Right. I met her. I met her overseas, so like she didn't. She found me and my family or anything. Right. Right. But she like had a dream, and my mom, when we were talking about it, she was like, "Yeah, well, I saw this lady," and like she said, "I was like, you describe her to me," and she's like, "Yeah, she had like like a big like real long and." really curly and red hair and that was exactly you know like this huge hairdo right and it was real curly and it was red hair and you know right. she had this like, talking and um she was like this cool biker chick and you know it was just like that and, and it was right right um and i was like yeah that's exactly who she is and, and, and she's like yeah. yeah well i had a dream about her and i was like what the heck i've never had a dream about her ever yeah so thing um but, yeah. You know, it's one thing that we don't always understand, too, is that uh, sometimes people that we would think 
would come through to us, especially direct relatives like that, uh, sometimes for some reason either can't or won't, and they they do come through to other people. And uh, and I can't help but wonder too, Paul, if if somewhere along the way you haven't kind of pushed that part of yourself aside that that receives that out of a little bit of you know it may be a little uncomfortable or may have been a little scary to you in the past, and to open up to that. Uh, you know, is is maybe a little frightening to you. And so I think the more comfortable you get with that idea, and that's why I say, you know, when you do these requests at night before you go to sleep or when you meditate or whatever, be open and receptive to whatever happens without being frightened of it and just experience it for what it is and let that lead you, you know, to, to deeper things, deeper experiences. And you have to kind of reopen that part of your mind that can receive uh, those messages and those visitations from your family. Right. Yeah. It's this. There's a whole bunch of things that I've, I've been wanting to try as far yeah. as um, you know, kind of being more open and receptive towards things like that. And um, we still have like a bucket list of. Uh, uh, I always wanted to do like out of body experiences and stuff like that. So right. I don't know about if I'll ever get that far. <laughs> I think I've been like on the verge of it a few times and right, right. bring myself to like let myself go. Yeah. Um so maybe one I don't know. <laughs> it I seems a little more scary. scary yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh Mr. Russell, as we kind of wind down here, um can you go ahead and let everybody know where they can find your books once again? Do you have any um emails or places where they can get services as well yeah absolutely if they if they want to get a reading uh they can go to johnrussell.net and it's two s's two l's and russell johnrussell.net and uh on my that's my main website for my psychic readings and everything but also there uh when you load the site there's a picture of me and on either side of the picture are the uh, covers of my books and you can click on those it will take you straight to amazon you can buy them there uh, but if you just want to read more about the books themselves before you buy them, get a little idea of what they're about, you can go to writingwithghosts.net or unknockingtheattic.net. And again, that's just strictly for the books. And then there's a lot of links on both of the books pages where you can buy at Amazon, Barnes Noble, Books a Million, a lot of the uh, independent stores on the internet. And uh, then, uh, like I say, for a reading, find out more about me or to get a reading, schedule a reading go to johnrussell.net and all the contact information you need is there. Yeah, and we'll have all the links in the show notes down below as well for everybody that wants to go ahead and they can do that um, as well as the direct links to the books um, so everybody can pick one of those up. I'm still waiting actually for the Writing with Ghosts uh, book. and I got that through Amazon, so something going on with them, but... <laughs> Uh, waiting for the book. Yeah, well, I sorry. appreciate you getting it. I hope you really enjoy it, and uh, I think you will. I think it'll be opening. It's uh, the books are really unique, and I mean, every writer tries to say that. But I had a uh, an editor and publisher in the industry tell me. He said, "Man, he said there is absolutely nothing like this out there." He said, "This is totally unique," and they really are. It's uh, the people that have read them said, "Man, I've." I've read paranormal books, psychic books my entire life. I've never read anything like these. So I think that everybody's going to find them to be entertaining and informative. Actually, we can speak to that here. Uh, I'm looking at the site for the books now. And obviously, the great George Norrie left uh, great well. Yeah. And, and he yeah. quotes John's books, unique perspective on the psychic and paranormal realms. Fans of true ghost stories will be entertained ranging from UFO encounters to guardian agents that proved to be life-saving. So it's obviously unique in his eyes, uh, which is a great um, Yeah. So, yeah, we'll have all the links to the books down below for me, um, so everybody can go ahead and check those out. And I'll be waiting for mine. Go ahead and read that, and then we'll go from there. But uh, Outstanding. Yeah, Mr. Russell, I really appreciate your time, sir. Um, I really appreciate you jumping with us as well and uh we had oh, a great I've time. enjoyed it paul i appreciate the invite we've had a great time and we'll have to do it again down the road absolutely we'll have you back on as well hopefully not too far off in the future yeah yeah absolutely thank you sir uh for everybody else i really appreciate you guys stopping in for another episode obviously um if you guys too like i mentioned before and you aren't already a subscriber and for a lot of you 
podcast. That seems to be the case. So I think uh, about 90 people that come by and check out the episodes aren't subscribers. So you guys stopping in, please consider hitting that subscribe button um, as well as turn on that bell icon and give. Uh, go ahead and share the episode and the show with a friend, whether that be on Spotify, Rumble, which is the other spot where we're on, where you guys can find us, uh, whether that be on YouTube as well. Um, go ahead and do that for out. Uh, if you guys are on the go, like I mentioned, you guys can catch us on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, as well as iHeartRadio. Uh, if you have any questions for myself or a guest, obviously you can shoot us an email over at thetruthdefender1770 email.com uh we'll be back on saturday the 23rd with reverend bill bean seeing the mandela effect and on the 25th of next week we will be back with uh so he'll be back on as well uh back by popular demand it's been a couple years so he's for us um yeah but everybody else thanks for stopping in uh everybody stay safe out there most of all stay frosty perfect